0: Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen Wa salatu wa salamu ala sayyidul mursaleen Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa baraka wa salama tasleeman kathiran ila yawmi deen Amma ba'd Dear brothers, dear sisters, dear friends Ramadan is right around the corner And this quick talk is about the preparations for Ramadan uh, The best preparations we should have done earlier But it's never too late so what we're going to do is we're going to be speaking uh, uh, two or three points, discussing two or three points with regards to what we can do to prepare for Ramadan, inshallah. Um, I want to make this very to the point and very practical. So there's two main points I want to speak about. Firstly, the, the need for preparation. The need for preparation. With anything, as anybody will tell you, and you would know from your own life, is that if you're prepared for something, it just goes more smoothly and you can get more out of it. Just think about it, if you're about to travel uh, on, a long, on a long journey somewhere, generally the idea is that you pack a suitcase, you pack some clothing, you, you pack any other essentials, medicines, whatever else that you need, and take the relevant numbers and things like that. Now, there's some people who like to do this at the last minute. When they try to do it at the last minute, there's several things that come together. There's a huge amount of pressure, there's a lot of problems in that regard, and people feel really, really pressured. Uh, at the last minute, they end up forgetting things, and they then when they get to the journey, they think, oh, I should have brought this along, and I should have done this, and I should have made contact with this person. Maybe there was a person that you wanted to speak to, and, uh, or you wanted to meet, but now you'd, uh, you'd, you'd, you didn't. Uh, You you did not organize a meeting with them So that's why it's always understood That if you do this from beforehand It makes a big difference Right You're much more productive You get much more out of it So that's the same thing I mean that there's a famous dua That uh, we see before Ramadan From the month of Rajab and Sha'ban. Allahumma barik lana fi Rajab wa Sha'ban Wa balighna Ramadan Ya Allah Oh Allah Our Lord grant us blessing Bless this month of Rajab And this month of Sha'ban for us And Uh, Allow us to reach Ramadan Why ask for blessings during these months And then say, allow us to reach Ramadan What's the connection between the two? The connection that I personally see between the two Is that if these months are productive And if somebody is doing it in the right way Because you have to remember The way of our predecessors was to prepare for the month of Ramadan In fact, uh, some uh, very, very intense forms of this Was that a person would prepare Would have a longing for Ramadan for six months Approximately, For six months they'd be longing for Ramadan Because of the amount of blessings And the amount of mercy The forgiveness The immense amount of concentrated rewards That are available in Ramadan You're looking forward Like some people look forward to I don't know the, Some sales right, Where they know that they're going to get a deal And they need something So they're going to get the deal They're waiting for that time so this is so big that actually people were waiting for up to six months Not to say everybody was But some very you know, close people to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala The awliya Allah They would actually wait for six months Then after that it says that after Ramadan finished They would actually be praying to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala For up to six months That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Accept their worships in Ramadan And allow the blessings of Ramadan to endure with them That is how powerful Ramadan Ramadan is So that's why it's definitely something well worth uh, preparing for That's why if we're given barakah I mean it's never too late We've still got a few days left If we're blessed in these days And we manage it well We can still get the most out of this Ramadan So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Makes some huge changes For the month of Ramadan Right Some massive cosmic changes Some of the stuff we can see Some of it we cannot see So for example It mentions in hadith of Sahih al-Bukhari From Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu That the Prophet sallallahu Said that when Ramadan comes in uh, Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opens up the doors of paradise Wide open, open house And closes the doors of hellfire That means that if anybody really wants to get in hellfire They're going to have to probably break in right? that's, how, that, that's how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes it such a virtuous time And then the shayateen are locked up The shayateen are locked up. These are the massive changes and we actually feel these changes because, I mean, you know that you will feel much better in Ramadan. You'll feel much more inclined to do good things in Ramadan. The people around you will feel probably more inclined, less inclined to do bad deeds, uh, feeling more guilty about them, feeling more encouraged to do good, feeling more encouraged to read a bit of Quran, feeling more encouraged to visit the masjid, to do taraweeh, to fast. Uh, abstaining from haram, you know, this concept, uh, the, this uh, feeling in mind that I'm fasting How can I do this? How can I do that? Reading reading more, doing more dhikr Just the general remembrance of Allah, you can feel it In fact, I would probably say that for, the, for most people, they could probably feel the absence of shaytan Right, because they just feel better And then of course, there's a group uh, aspect of it, the group reinforcement of it There's other people doing the same thing So uh, aside from that, we see it in the practical levels as well. We feel we, we see that, uh, mashallah, our women folk of the house who generally do the cooking, Ramadan needs certain foods. There are certain foods that have to be done, and new foods come up every day in Ramadan, right? For every iftari or whatever, and mashallah, the women, even though they're fasting, they get the, you know they they have this special energy to cook special food. So you see the barakah and the blessing in many many different ways. Right? Now if you don't want to treat that as a blessing, that's up to you But generally you see blessings in all sorts of ways People are so much more ready to give The amount of sadaqat, the amount of zakat, the amount of just charity and welfare work that takes place in Ramadan Is obviously one of the profound effects of Ramadan Because in Ramadan you're hungry yourself So you start feeling the vulnerability, the weakness, the need, the helplessness of other people and in Ramadan, the amount of charity that's been given is probably un- unparalleled, unless there's a very special uh, incident or a catastrophe at any other time. Otherwise, mashallah, Ramadan. The Prophet wasallam is reported to be the most generous during the month of Ramadan, because he would get a special uh, meeting of recitation of the Qur'an with Jibreel ﷺ during this, uh, this month, especially during this month. And he says that his generosity, which was all- already huge, I mean he called himself the Qasim That I am just the distributor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's blessings Allah is the provider Wallahu yu'ti innama ana Qasim I am basically the distributor He called his first son Qasim as well He called his son Qasim as that was his name Uh, So what we have to understand from this is that Ramadan is a major change for lots of people And if we're not going to take part and benefit in that then we're the losers Because Allah is there for the giving Allah gives he increases uh, uh, farḍ obligations, which we have to do anyway, to 70 times its reward. And any optional acts, he gives you the reward of a fard an obligation act, obligatory act. So you can understand that it's a huge amount of changes, what Allah has on offer at that time. One person's going to have to be extremely deprived to not get, not get anything out of this. That's why the way to do it is to prepare. So on a practical level, how do you prepare for Ramadan? We still have a few days left. I mean practical stuff like What do you need for Ramadan To make sure you can concentrate to, So that you can get the most out of it Simple as that Think about those things And see what you can get done beforehand One of the major things would be shopping You know the foods for Ramadan you, Sometimes people have special diets Or suhoor for, for sahri time For iftar time or whatever Get that done I mean mashallah there are already the women uh, which we hear that they're already getting they've already done their preparation for Ramadan or they're doing their preparation for Ramadan, which basically generally means getting the food stuff sorted. There are certain things that have to be produced in Ramadan even in I guess lockdown coronavirus times. I guess you still have to have those things that iftari, even if they're maybe not seen as very healthy or whatever the case is, but there's certain traditional things in every community that they have to have. Those things are generally prepared before Ramadan, put away in the free fridges and refrigerators, uh, freezers. That's fine. If you need those things, we're not saying they're haram or anything like that, right? If that's what makes your Ramadan better and they're healthy, alhamdulillah, just get it done beforehand. Likewise, uh, if there's major chores to do, Uh, other things to do in the house that you're going to need, get it done right now. Likewise, if at work you've got major projects or whatever, try your best in the next few days with collaboration with your colleagues, etc., to get those things done. If you've got holidays remaining, the best time to take it in Ramadan so that you can actually do more worship, you can spend more time in the masjid, right, for vacations from your work and so on. These are just things that you can just think for yourself that how is it that I can make this Ramadan better, and uh, spend the most time so that the first day I enter Ramadan, I can do it running Basically, it's not like I enter Ramadan, then I realize And then so many days pass And then it's all, it's all gone So that's very, very important uh, What you can do I give you a suggestion, what we do at home Is that uh, one of the big challenges of preparing uh, for, for, for a lot of the sisters who do the cooking in the house Is to decide what to cook Sometimes they say that it's actually more difficult to decide what to cook on a day-to-day basis right? Than to do the cooking itself The cooking is quite automated sometimes for them But to decide takes a long time And sometimes they come to the husbands and uh, like, what should I cook? Anything They'll say anything And then if it goes wrong, they'll say like, why did you cook this for? So the husbands don't help sometimes So one simple suggestion is uh, what we've done is make a menu right, For all 30 days of the month Right, that on this day, it'll be this food and this food. I mean, why are we obsessing with food? I mean, our food is very important for life, right? It's very important for life and why we shouldn't be obsessing so much and Ramadan should be a time when we actually decrease our intake. We still need food. We still need at least a small amount of good, healthy food. So make a list, right? Make a menu for every day. And believe me, when we've, that has been suggested to many sisters and they've used it, it's made life very easy for them. Because they know they can wake up in the morning or they can actually prepare from beforehand. That's why for those of you who need certain spices, or certain mixtures or certain base for certain foods, make them before Ramadan. Do the hard work before Ramadan. Make it easy on yourself. And the husbands can help in that regard as well. I don't want to spoil it for anybody right now. But some of our shuyukh, some of our uh, righteous ones from the past <clears throat> and recent times, they would make it easy on, on those cooking in the house so that they could also maximize their time in worship. So, for example, Sheikh Zakaria Rahimahullah in, in India, what he, they would do is they would tell their women folk just to make one dish, a simple dish. Then, all the additional supplementary stuff like the bread, the naan, the roti, whatever, and uh, the samosa and all that kind of stuff, they would actually get, uh, they would buy those things. Now, I'm not trying to spoil it for you guys, right? If, you, if it's your wife that's going to make those things, well, that's your, your issue at home. I leave that to you. But these are just suggestions to maximize. Ramadan is not a time for da'uds. It's not a time for invitations, right? You want to visit people. You want to see how people are doing. Also, try to get all of that done now. You've got the next few days, give them a call, see how they are, and say that in Ramadan, it's going to be a, like a proper lockdown for me. I'm going to uh, focus on my worship. So you don't have to have long... Uh, conversations uh, w- with people, just, just j- it's not necessary. right? You can maybe shoot them a message here and there just to make sure everybody's fine. But otherwise, your long conversations and long meetings and whatever, try to get those done. So inshallah, as soon as Ramadan comes in, we're not going to be like that person who's like, oh, it's Ramadan. Everybody's, let me get my act in order. Right, Because remember, Ramadan is based on three things Ramadan, uh, according to the ulama They say that there's three things that happen in Ramadan Number one, you're supposed to decrease Your food, it's taqlil al-ta'am Because we're supposed to only eat twice a day Now I know in some places It's impossible to eat thrice Because of the short time between uh, Sunset and, and then Fajr, that is getting a bit longer now uh, So what what, uh, what happens, ends up happening Is that people miss their lunches right? They miss their tea time, so then they Basically try to fulfill that obligation at iftari time And that's wrong The whole concept of Ramadan One of the things is to reduce the food intake That means to eat in a measured sense Eat good food Eat good healthy food at iftar time right? you, There's a lot of replacements you can make from The indulgence in, in oily food everyday Especially now that you're probably not going to be going out much Not much exercise anyway so you might want to consider just using fruits at that time instead right aside from dates you know using fruit instead of that and mashallah if you can get used to that it actually works very very well So thinking thinking of those kind of things then there's suhoor time sahri time you don't have to make up for the meals you missed in between It's very important to understand you don't have to make up for the meals number 2 is less sleep taqleelul manam because generally you're going to be Waking up for Suhoor time, Fajr time, Tahajjud time. And there's Taraweeh, so that you don't sleep as much in the in the night. So there's also that. Why do these things happen? These things happen to uh, to basically uh, destabilize us slightly. So when a person on a journey as well, when they're not getting access to their normal everyday bed, their pillow for example, their favorite blanket, their foods... They can go in and they know exactly where their snacks are And so on and so forth On a journey, you can only take so much with you That's why a journey While there's some excitement in it From another perspective it's, It is is obviously a challenge Likewise in Ramadan What happens is that Allah Subhanahu Taala wants to destabilize us some way Like make us think Because when you have your food uh, arrangement totally changed And your sleeping arrangement uh, disturbed in that sense Then... There's a bit of a stress on us right? There's a bit of stress on us And when a person is in a stress situation like that They think differently When you're very comfortable in one state, in one sense Then it's the status quo You don't know there could be so many more things that could come from you That you could do more positively That you could change and alter in your life Ramadan is that time, especially for the nafs Because the food is what we're told to abstain from The food, drink and sexual intercourse for certain times of the day Where we're used to maybe indulging in those things So basically the idea is that if we, we're, if we feel like a coffee at 10 o'clock in the morning at work Because we're feeling now a bit tired right, And the energy from breakfast has worn off right, Then you're going to say No, I'm fasting, I can't do it Your nafs is going to protest Your self is going to protest But what you're going to do is You're going to say no And within a few days Your self, you know You'll no longer have to have the coffee for the first few days, it's going to be tough for a lot of people. But eventually, you will not need that coffee. Now, if you want to restart the habit after Ramadan, that's up to you. But you can probably get away with it. If you, that's why a lot of people kick the habit of smoking and a lot of other stuff during the month of Ramadan. It is the time to make resolutions. So the second thing that I want to speak about after the whole preparation aspect of it, what this Ramadan should be in comparison to previous Ramadans. The thing is this, that if you look uh, in our life there's a lot of things that we did differently many years ago when we first started doing them, and then we improved and enhanced ourselves. If it's a product that we were using, the first time we, had to, we needed that product, it would be the first time you needed a camera. It'd be any camera. But then as you go along, you get better cameras. Likewise with clothing. The first time, <clears throat> if I give an example of somebody who has to go for an interview and they wanna dress up formally, the first time you wanna go, you're gonna get a blazer. It could be any blazer, it could be from, basically, it it could be from Asda, George, Walmart, uh, what do you call it, Um, any low store that's very cheap. Because all you need is a a blazer. You just need to look (coughs) formal in a particular way that seems to fit the bill, and that's it. But as you go along, as you start moving the ranks and getting older, you will no longer get those same things. You will want higher levels of those things, higher stages of those things. You'll want a better product So then you'll want to get some designer suits you know, you'll, get, you'll be wanting some Armani suits Or Gucci suits Or Canali uh, or, or whatever it is And eventually it's going to be designer Savile row, hand stitched You know whether that be dresses Even with jubbas right? This is the way people go With everything they enhance When it comes to Ramadan Just think about it The Ramadan that you've been spending For the last 10 years of your life 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 years of your life how has it changed? Is it the same way that it used to be before? Right, twenty years ago, you're still doing the same Ramadan, meaning that you're still reading the same amount of Quran. One jiz, you know, you're, you're you're struggling to finish one Quran a, a month. You're you're not doing tahajjud yet, right? For example, you are still not abstaining from certain things that you should abstain from. Basically, yes, you're fasting. You may be doing taraweeh, looking for the fastest taraweeh in your area. Right? You've been doing the same old things. I mean, this is what a lot of people do. There's certain people that we've observed from when I was a young person, when I was, a, you know, when I was almost a child. Certain people living close to the masjid, they've come, they 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 only come for Jumu'ah to the masjid. From that time, even though literally it's just a one-minute walk from their house, a two-minute walk from their house, even after 40 years, 30 years, they're still only coming for Jumu'ah. They're still only coming for Juma. They haven't increased at all There's certain people who are, you know, n- not covering maybe They're still doing the same thing So the idea is that, where's that improvement going to come from? I mean, these times that we're going through right now are major times of reflection, of challenges Which should make us think that our life is as vulnerable as the other person who just died we haven't died, maybe we don't have any sickness or COVID in our own families. But that doesn't mean it can't come. Does Allah have to put it in us and afflict us with it for us to then take heed? So that we're given Ramadan every year to up our game and to push and enhance ourselves. And move from that, I mean, if I want to call it a, a beta version of Ramadan... I mean, subhanAllah, even your phones are no longer on beta versions, right? They're on uh, the, 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 the Note 10 or whatever it is right now, right? The iPhone 11 or whatever it is right now, right? Who's going to use an iPhone, you know, the first, uh, the, 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 the first versions, the first initial versions? You'd laugh at people doing that. But yet the fasting and the way we've spent Ramadan... We're doing it in that same way, that beta version. We probably don't even have a full version that we're doing. Whereas we should actually be on, you know, if you're 30 years old, then you you, you should be on version 20 or something. Like every year should have been an update. So upgrade your Ramadan. If we're still using store brand no no frills, right? A store brand no frills, off-the-shelf, you know, simple package of Ramadan as such. I mean, I don't want to demote it that way, but you understand what I'm saying in modern parlance. Let this Ramadan be better than any Ramadan before it. And that's why I think one of the best ways that we're going to get the best out of Ramadan is to make that dua from now if you already haven't started. Oh Allah, make this Ramadan of mine better than any Ramadan before it. Give me an upgrade during this Ramadan. Enhance me during this Ramadan. Let me do more Quran, more reading, more abstaining from wrongs and make me a change after Ramadan. Let the blessings of the month linger beyond Ramadan whereas generally I go into Ramadan I change for a bit I come out of Ramadan and on Eid day it's like it's back, back to normal that's not the purpose of Ramadan the purpose of Ramadan is to actually train the soul and to add additional worships and a change of style a change of focus to our lives that's what we're given Ramadan every year for to give us that upgrade, that boost every year If we're going to be at Iman level between 1 to 10, at number 4 before Ramadan, then outside, after we've... In Ramadan, we'll probably grow up to enhance ourselves to 7 or 8, if we're lucky, inshallah, or even 6. At least 2 more than where we were before. Now, as soon as Ramadan finishes, and the day of Eid comes, and it's all back to normal, so we want to drop back down to 3 or 2 that we were at before, then that's just not what Ramadan is there for. Ramadan is there that... If we're at 2 or 3 and we're feeling very low, Ramadan gives us that boost So we jump up to 7 or 8 hopefully in Ramadan And after that, because it's not Ramadan anymore, Shaitan's back out So okay, we may not remain at 7 or 8, but at least let's not go back down to 2 or 3 And remain at 4 or 5 at least So if, if we have this as a plan, then it makes things easy that's why, if you look at productivity coaches and productivity training and guidance for productivity, right, whether from Muslim sources, non Muslim sources, you know, the, you, you, online you can see lots of productivity tips and ideas. And then from our very productive ulama, like Imam Bukhari, Imam Ghazali, uh, and uh, many, many other ulama, those who are productive, they, they share one thing in common, right? And that's probably the, the final point I'm going to make. They share one thing in common. What they share essentially is For productivity, any productive person is going to need a timetable right? A very strict timetable, as much as possible Which basically means that you have a time set for everything This is my time of work In my lunch break, I'm going to have my lunch and I'm going to do this But in Ramadan, this is going to be different right? Every time when I come back home, this is what it's going to be If I am at home, drop the children off Then I'm going to do this, I want to get this They sometimes even have a list That helps a lot to help the dopamine Because we've reduced this down now to chemicals of the brain, the hormones So there's a dopamine rush every time that you uh, have a list And you tick everything off your list Like right now if you make a list for yourself That these are the things I'm going to do for Ramadan to get them done And you got a list As you start ticking them off You're going to feel this sense of satisfaction That's a dopamine rush That's why productive people have a schedule for each day and for our Ramadan, inshaAllah, if we can have that schedule, it will help a lot. Because you'll be much more productive, you'll get much more out of it. So the schedule we want to make, every individual person will do. We can't tell you that read Quran for this many hours. We can just say, read as much as you can. And number two, read more than you did last, last year or the previous Ramadans. So now you think what you do uh, with, your, with yourself each year in Ramadan and then you set a timetable because you know what your timetable is going to be This year is going to be probably different from last year if you're working from home right? Which gives you all of the time, the commute times and so on right? To still play with, so you've got more time this year inshallah And you will write what your general broad goals are going to be So if I used to finish just one Quran, this time I'm going to finish 1.2 or maybe even 2 Qurans. If you used to finish 2 Qurans, then maybe this year I'm going to try to do 3 Whatever you can do, if you've never done Tahajjud in your Ramadan then the, the is the ramadan is the time for tahajjud it's so easy like let's just say, give an example of a sister who's uh, a woman a mother who's waking up right she probably has to wake up maybe 45 minutes before Suhoor if you're waking up for it right and all you need to do is probably wake up about 5 10 minutes earlier Than you would have woken up and or maybe you don't even have to wake up any extra you just have to say that i'm going to make sure that if not 4 rakats or 8 rakats of tahajjud I'm going to at least do two rakats So that you could do First you go and do wudu And you just pray the two or four rakats And then after that you do the preparation Or you do the preparation right? Wake everybody up Or they're waking up And the whole family just stops eating Maybe seven to ten minutes before Precautionary And then in that seven to ten minutes they They spend time doing tahajjud And dua And then as soon as fajr time comes in You pray your fajr and then you go back to sleep. So you can literally, I mean, to do two two rakats of prayer only takes about three, four minutes. I mean, you can make them longer if you want, but minimally. And then a two, three, four minute dua. Literally you're only going to take about five or seven minutes. Believe me, just if you make it a goal that this Ramadan, I'm not going to let any day pass without doing tahajjud. Right? I may be struggling with the other prayers. I want to make sure I do those prayers in Ramadan. Because those are non-negotiable And I'm also going to do tahajjud In fact in tahajjud time You could actually do qadha prayers at that time And inshallah according to many ulama You'll actually get the reward for tahajjud at that time as well Though it's best to do them separately But you could also do that as well So have these goals in mind That I'm going to read this much more Quran I'm going to abstain from all of these things In such a way that inshallah I will never have to do them after Ramadan again Those bad things or uh, unfavorable things and I'm going to increase uh, my, uh, 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 re- my, my uh, charity. Last year I gave this much in charity. This year I'm going to give this much more. If there's some way I can help and assist others, especially during these times, I'm going to do this much this year. Another thing is um, qadha prayers. So I've got this many missed prayers since I've become mature. So... I'm going to do those up, that's a very important one Because that probably should be even a preference to a certain degree That I've got this many qadha prayers to make up I've missed maybe a hundred, maybe a full year of prayers I know somebody who's missed seven years of prayers And they've already made up four years of that Sounds tough, but it's not difficult And again, you can use different strategies to do this uh, what somebody told me the most effective strategy is to do them prayer by prayer. What that means is that first count your fajrs and get those out of the way if you've got 500 fajrs to do. You can do 10 a day, you can do 5 a day, whatever. There's lots of flexibility. You can even do this after you performed your day's fajr before sunrise. You could even do qadha prayers then, right at home, for example. Um, so, even you can even pray until about 20 minutes before Maghrib. You could pray even after you've done your asr, you can actually do qadha prayers at that time. You just can't do it 20 minutes before Maghrib while the, until the sun finishes setting. Right? That's a time when the prayer is not valid. But other than that, you can do it at that time, anytime throughout the day. And when you finish your five, six hundred fajrs, you're going to feel a sense of huge relief. But the main thing is that even if we you know, even if you've got, some people are thinking, I've got 10 years of fajr to make up or all prayers to make up, that's fine. It's not a problem. At least if you start doing them diligently. And then even if you're to die in the midst of all of that, let's just say somebody had five years of up, makeup prayers to make and then they died after two years, after, after completing two years of makeup prayers, qada prayers. At least they'll have some argument in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that, look, I started, I did my best. Please forgive me But if you haven't done that You've not made any preparation Then what is your intention? The beautiful thing about a Muslim Is their intention It's very valuable And sometimes your intention Will give you The reward of the act Even without doing the act As long as there's sincerity And the best effort That's why we're saying In this Ramadan When you can't go to the masjid Or you can't join in tarawih prayers Or Jumu'ah prayers even Right insha'Allah you will be given the reward For doing the tarawih at home for doing Zohar at home instead of jumu'ah. That's the power of the believer's intention But the condition is that you've done your best So you've done your best to make up the prayers After making a mistake Then we hope Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive us We have numerous hadiths to give us that understanding That even criminals Who are on a path to recovery Of tawbah, of repentance And they died in between it Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgave them Despite all the odds Right? Despite all the odds, despite the angels of hellfire wanting to take them So this is a time for all of that for reflection So we want to up the, the, the addition of Ramadan that we're going to do is going to be higher than last year inshallah And we're going to pray to Allah that Allah make this Ramadan better Better than and superior to any Ramadan before it So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the tawfiq Please keep us in your du'as as well May Allah bless you all and may Allah subhanahu wa taala uh, bless um, all of the, uh, bless us to uh, b- bless us with His special mercies and drench us in that absolute storm of forgiveness and mercy and compassion that He has uh, in the month of Ramadan. Uh, may Allah subhanahu wa taala benefit us. Just one last hadith: the concentrated blessings of the month of Ramadan can be understood from just one hadith. The hadith says that if anybody Misses a fast of Ramadan Without any excuse They're not Extremely sick or anything They just decide You know I've got a football match on today Or I've got a few projects on at work Let me just You know Let let, let me just Not do the fast I, I got a person asking That he's got a meeting And if he fasts Then his mouth smells So can he Not fast When You know This many times a week um, you'll have to find another way to sort your breath out, right? You can use a miswak, a dry brush, or there's some other way or just keep a distance. I mean, nowadays, you could you just keep a mask on anyway. And you, most of the meetings are done on, fa- uh, on, on the phone nowadays, I guess, in the COVID times. So uh, if, if somebody misses a fast without any excuse, right, without a valid excuse, and then after that, they felt bad, so they tried to fast for the rest of the year or the rest of their life outside of Ramadan all of those hundreds of fasts tens hundreds of fasts would not be able to achieve the same reward as that one day of misfast. that is huge the amount of reward that Allah has concentrated in Ramadan for every worship we do every moment that we spend and every fast that we keep so this is a real special time this is a real special time and that we understand from every other little bit of worship during this one that's why we want to maximize this Insha'Allah. wa da'wana